Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, family. Tonight we have a very, very, very special show tonight. We're going to talk about the emasculation of black men. Oh, I know it's going to work with some feathers. I know it's going to make some people nervous. I know it's going to make some people upset. It may even offend some people. Well, it's the truth. If you look at the community nowadays, especially the black community, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. The history goes back to before slavery. Slavery disrupted the black history. Okay, the, the slaves that they brought over here weren't help hands. They were actually engineers. They were doctors. They were uh, architects. They were people of, of great intellect. So, oh, not to mention they were warriors as well. But the people that they brought over here wasn't docile people. They wasn't uh, followers, if you will. Now, they were people of, of family. They were people of royalty. They were people whom voices were heard. And they were heard or their voices were displayed with tact. They were very tactful about what they and how they delivered. They were royalty, so they were well-educated. But I don't, I don't know where we fell off. I'm going to blame uh, Vietnam because according to my research, pre-Vietnam, the black community were, were very strong. Uh, we had the Black Wall Street, we had um, the Black Panther Party, we had, and when I say the Black Panther Party, I'm only using those brothers and sisters as protectors of the community. What they stand for, what they didn't stand for, that's not my concern. I knew that they protected the community from outsiders. But nowadays, it's rare to see a man leading the way. Uh, leading the way being with, with, with family. Is it because the personal life, quote unquote, is being held hostage? Like, is it the man can't say anything because he's afraid he's going to sleep on the couch or he won't be getting any uh, loving tonight? Why is it a man will voice his thoughts? Could it be society doesn't teach it? Or maybe that's not what you saw growing up. Society doesn't promote the black man. In fact, society won't lead us to believe that it's the white man, the black woman, the white woman, then the black man. When in actuality, the black man is is a leader. Later on, with Pastor Gnome, he's going to uh, give you the, the biblical connection with the black man being dominant. 
the male being dominant. They were the ones that that heard directly from God. So there's no other way. God told us that we had dominance over everything. He told that to Adam. He didn't tell that to Eve. He told that to Adam. So for all these women, I love and I love a strong woman. I love a strong woman, and I'm not taking anything away from it. However, I believe that part of the reason that society is the way it is is because y'all bit the apple again, okay? Back to Vietnam when the government removed the black man away from the houses, away from the homes, sent him over to war. Then that's when they really promoted welfare. And they really promoted uh, child support and all that good stuff. And I and I say that because now that he's not there, now they can talk to you directly. The enemy can talk to you to the woman directly. And they caught you in an emotional time, a vulnerable time, when the husband, when the head isn't there to protect you. Now, that being said, he's going to war, times are hard. You still got to provide food. Everything is on your shoulders. Not making light of it. What strong shoulders you must have had to support that issue, that situation. Now, that the guy is home, the, the brother's back home, he still got on drugs because that's what they did in Vietnam. They put it in the air. Now he's not himself. He didn't come back the same way he left. The same way they drafted him, which is to be parallel to slavery or stretching kidnapping. But anyhow, so now that he he's come back and you've done it without him, with the assistance of the system, Now he's returned and there's no respect for him. Now you can go ahead and keep him moving or going about your business or we don't need you or we don't want you or what have you because somebody else has come in and gave you the apple and told you that you don't need him. But in actuality, he was very necessary. So that's what I mean when I say society not teaching you. You could have not seen that growing up, you know, uh, a more voiceless woman and, and, a, and a soft-spoken male um, could have been what you saw. You could have seen him leave just to keep the peace. Uh, you could have seen, seen several scenarios, and I'm sure to some these may be uh, – what you, what you saw. So as you grow up, you continue to play that role. You continue to walk out instead of letting your, letting your voice be heard to keep the peace. But in actuality, you haven't gotten anywhere. You haven't gotten any place because now you are holding on to these thoughts, to these emotions, and they're, and they're destroying you on the inside. 
they're destroying you on the inside. Now, I'm not saying, you know, when you voice your opinion, you got to throw, you know, an ashtray across the room to get someone's attention or, or hit anyone to get someone's attention. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying that it's okay to have a conversation. Period. And you may not agree. But as, as adults have conversations, there's both sides and there's two perspectives. So that way you can sit down and, and, and hash it out the way it should be done. Because like I always say, communication can heal anything. Anything. So today we are going to discuss and learn the value of a man. Why was the man ordained to be dominant? Those are the questions that I that I ask. Feel free to call. The call in number is 929-477-2978. Right now, we're gonna put you on hold. We're gonna bring up some some guests. Stand by. Hello. 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 Well, I don't know what just happened. We lost our, our caller. We're going to try to call back. Um, this is 
this is family. We're going to see if, if she's going to pick up and join us as um, as we get on the line. Again, hold on. Hello. Hello. Hello, who is this? Sean Clay, may I speak the flow, please? You got the wrong number. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. You have reached the voice mailbox of 81372. Hello. I got him already. This is Marita. Hi. Hey, Marita. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Yes, sir. Well, thank you. Being that you were raised in a, for the most part, a two-parent household, how likely was it, or could you explain um, the situation that you saw, the situation that played a part in your life as far as having two parents in the household? I am very grateful for a two-parent household. I thank God for my mother. I didn't always understand what she was talking about until I had my own children. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication. And there are days that I ran out of strength, and the Most High blessed me with the strength that I needed to carry on. My parents, Catherine and Willie McDaniel, I hope that when they went home, the Most High said, well done, welcome, thy good and faithful servant. I miss them dearly. There are days when I'm tired, I think of my parents, and I say, I got to get up, I got to go, because it's what Mama and Daddy would have expected from me. I thank God for them. Good. 
so do I. They played a very important role in my life as well. Now, being that you saw, um, you had two parents and you saw the interaction between the two, how do you feel as far as what you've learned by watching them interact? Problem solving, disciplining kids, just just day-to-day interaction. They had a communication system that allowed them to stay together until death did them part. Catherine went home first on Father's Day. Willie went home on his home address, 1014, which is where they resided, 1014 East Lake Avenue. Where would I be without them? I honestly don't know. Good. Good. Well, we have another caller, uh, 0621. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing? Quick. Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Long time, no talk to. Long time. The subject matter today long, is long, why long, does it seem long, like... Long time. It seems like the emasculation of black men is acceptable. What's that? The subject matter today is why does it seem like the emasculation of black men is acceptable? Why is there a lack of respect for black men in the black community? There's a lot of respect for black men in the community because black men themselves have less confidence and the way that they move, and they don't react the way that they need to. Because when... And supporting a black man who is only barely making it or doing the bare minimum, which ain't nobody knocking him for it, but he's accepting that as a, rather than rising to a higher level, there is an issue. Because he only holds himself to a certain standard when everyone else is holding him to a higher standard. There's a standard that mm-hmm. has always been shifting, always been moving, but certain people cannot keep up with it. And the reason they can't keep up is because they just don't care. They don't care to understand mm. that we can't sit in the same spot. I was just speaking to a friend of mine not too long ago, and I also just recently posted it to my Facebook page. I said, what is not moving is stagnant. What is not flying is falling. What is not rising is declining. What is not changing is dead. Definitely. If you is not changing with the time, if you're not moving along, moving forward with your life, you shall not move any further than your own aspirations will allow you. Okay. So with that being said, do you feel as though um is it based on society? Do you based on the teachings that you saw at home? What is it that <laughs> keeps you from no, the people the, man from moving? The teachings, the teachings that I've seen in society are completely Wait. different. No, with Marlon. Oh, you want to call Marlon? You want to talk to me? So I, 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 now, I agree. I think that it's it's a little bit it's, it's more than just. Um, 
every oh. every walk of life. What, what I'm getting at is, and and and, and, and um, that was for Reverend Matt Daniel, God rest his soul. But um, every walk of life has different influences. Every walk of life has different teachings. Every every person has been through their own truth and knows their own testimony. Now, with that, it, how you accept it and how you move from it is your own choice. I wouldn't sit here and, and say that I've been the greatest son and or I've been the greatest father or I've been the greatest first fur father or, or pet father. I wouldn't say that. But what I can say is I've been a consistent one. I've been a persevering one. I am resilient. I will not stand by and allow the things that I go through to justify or dictate what I do with my future. Absolutely. And that's, that's, and I feel like that's what the problem is with a lot of black men and and the African-American community, because they're, they blame their past on, on the things that have been done to them. Oh, they did this to me and this is why I do this. So yeah, I want to smoke weed because of this. So I want to do this. Now, I just feel like selling drugs is easy. Or I feel like, you know, I feel like sitting back and relaxing is, is what I need to do. And I was be catered to. You don't need to be catered to. You need to cater to yourself because self-love is the first love. Oh, absolutely. I agree the with undying that. Undying love. 100%. Undying love. Unwavering love is the love of the one above, your higher, your, your greatness, your God, the one that says, I am the I am. I am that. But what I'm getting at is there's so many people that hold on to, like, things that have happened to them. Like, it's, it's really going to change the fact that tomorrow your car note is due, your light bill is due, and baby got a gas bill too. Look, wake up, keep moving, do what you got to do. It ain't, we ain't got time for this, this waiting in line. One of, my, one, one of my favorite songs currently right now is Glory by John Legend and Common. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours. Would you like me to? Would you like me to give you a little rendition of my own? No, 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 no. This is no. not. This is not. One day, Star Sir, when the glory comes. Okay, I'm gonna mute you now. This is not that type of situation. But welcome. As well as the energy of everyone else. Okay, so so you think that it's the lack of motivation is the reason why the black man is not respected in the black community? Correct, because they lack motivation in themselves rather than the motivation from everybody else. Hmm. Okay. Hold I mean, thought. We I got another call. By Tom, Dick, and Harry from all the way across the all the way across the, the state. But if I don't accept myself and I don't motivate myself, why would I get out of bed? Why would I feel like I need to jump up and go ahead and get on this job and make sure that my kids are fed? I'm, I don't want to rely on, on on taxpayer money for the rest of my life, even though that is what we we have been taught. A lot of people have been taught about WIC and food stamps. And all this government assistance, and that's what they know. But a lot of people don't want to up and speak and know who they are as a person and know what they need to do. A lot of people know their calling, but they don't go for it because they're unmotivated in themselves. Dig that. We've got another call on the line. 
caller, 4644. You know, your question, one of the things you have to consider is that the laws in this society that you live in today, where it allows a female to self-identify as a male and vice versa. And legally, you have to accept them as that. Well, you have to respect them as that. You You got males that's participating in female sports, sharing female facilities in your gyms. You got females that's doing the same thing on the other side. And the law says you have to recognize that. I'm one. I can care less about about who you sleep with. That has no concern of me. Right. Well, self-identifying has nothing to do with who you sleep with. Hear me out, please. Hear me out. What I'm not going to do is entertain what's in your head. If I if you look like a male to me or you look like a female, that's what I'm going to address you as. I'm going to address you as sir and ma'am, period. That's like asking me to fix a plate for your imaginary friend. Just because you see him don't mean I'm going to see him. So what's in your head is in your head. Or are but, you talking about in the public or are you talking about a formal place? Because if you do that in a formal place, you're going to be gone. That's that's not of my greatest concern. I'm just going your to job is you. not your your job and position wouldn't be of your greatest concern. What I'm trying to get you to understand is, you cannot tell me what my eyes see is right or wrong. Period. Period. Well, you well then what you're doing, then what you're doing is which has been accused of being another uh, no no. You profiling. Because if you're in a position in a job, well, how am I profiling? How am I profiling if you come in? Because here you're telling like this person. Well, let me tell you how you profile them. Because this person is telling you what they are, and based on what you look at, you're saying no, you're not. You're telling them that they don't know who they are. And yeah, if yeah. you're in a position of authority, if you're in a position of dealing with the public. And uh, what looks to you to be a male, and they write down, put down, say they're a female, and if you openly dispute that, then you're going to be gone. You just added a whole other factor to this. No, I don't, no I'm telling I don't, you. I'm I don't, telling I don't, you reality. I do not fill out applications. Okay? I'm not concerned with what somebody writes down. I'm, my business has no applications. So I identify with what I see. What you do at your home, you have the right to be homosexual, heterosexual, any sexual. I don't care. But you cannot tell so me you that your, what I see. So you base the topic on your show based on your experience rather does than it general. like the emasculation of black men is acceptable? Do you know what emasculation means? Yeah, but do, you know what, but do you know what why mean in the, in the pretext that you put it? Why you're talking to a general population? You're not saying Absolutely. or referring to yourself. No, I'm because I'm not emasculated. There is God has not created a woman 
to this day that is more dominant than me. Yeah, and then also you're saying it's acceptable. So when you use why and acceptable in the context you use in this sentence, you're talking to general population. You're not based on your and own you, personal experience. No, I'm not because I don't so have that's the way issue. it looks like. Yeah, well, well that's what it looks like. Then you say from the streets to the pulpit. So what you're listen, saying listen, listen, to you, this is what, this is what, what you're saying do. to you is not, which is you, all right you, if that's you what you feel. A, you, you have a, a, a nice way of of uh, always calling to to. To throw it off. Once you did before, we're not going to have you do it again. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to part ways peacefully. Well, that's good. You need to learn to how to use words. Well, next show, next caller. Uh, if, if, if I may, um, not necessarily that he was speaking to a general general public about why it's acceptable. More so as asking someone on a specific topic. It, it's not necessarily how he uses the words because his platform is being used properly, but the way that you perceive it is your own truth. Now, if you accept it the way that it was presented, why is it acceptable in the community, the emasculation of black men? Why is it acceptable? And it's not acceptable. We're not saying that it's acceptable. We're saying that it's, it's something that's happening. It's a current issue that has not been addressed. And that, that, that's what he's getting, period. Well, oftentimes, you, you got to realize that people come in and, and they just want to disrupt. It's called infiltration. It happened with, with, with Martin Luther King. It happened with Malcolm X. It happened with Marcus Garvey and all the greats before me, okay? That's what people do to throw everything off, to destroy the progress that's being made right here. He's done it before. He's trying to do it again, but we're not going to let it happen. Once again, because God giving me dominance over everything, including the devil, we just disconnect it. We're not going to be disrespectful. We just disconnect the line and keep it moving on to something positive. So now, my question to you is, why was the man ordained to be dominant? Why was it the man? Not the woman. Why was the man ordained to be dominant? That's biblical. Quick, are you asking me zero six two one? I'm 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 putting it out there. Feel free to, to oh, answer. Um, biblically, the woman came from the rib of the man. When there was no woman there, so biblically, if you want to break it down, the word "woman" came from the combination of womb and man. From the man's womb, which would be his rib cage, if we're scientifically and validating this, is where the woman came from. She was a part of him. He, the bearer of the woman for not only companionship, but for also procreation. Is there any dispute in that? No, not at all. Not at all. So why is it when God gave the order, when he, when he spoke, he spoke directly to Adam and not to Eve 
in the beginning. The first world problem. <laughs> Why did it happen that way, in that order? Why? Quick, that was actually an answer that I cannot give you. I would like for you to answer that for me. Well, based on my research, he held him accountable. He was the head. Remember, he was the first created. Eve came from him. He was the logical one. Men deal on logic. Women deal on emotion. Emotion can mess things up. But going back to to the original, remember, just like I said in the, in, in the preface, when he and the government removed the male from the household, they were able to talk directly to the woman. That's the reason why the world kind of screwed up right now. Same thing. When Eve heard from the serpent, the serpent had to go to her because the serpent knew that the male, that Adam had dominant over him. He was dominant. So in the biblical, he said, you know, give beneath my feet. But Eve didn't have dominance. Right. Now, I can say, also coming from a split household, as you were referring to earlier, that um, there is there is a respect and integrity to hold for a woman who can do it on their own and has the independence to maintain raising young men and young women all the same, to be raised to... You know, and also be able to you know, get them back out there to, to spread love and not hate and not disrespect and, and show them what it means to have poise and class and integrity out here in this world. That, that There is a respect to give to that. But a full unit, a full family unit consists of a mother and a father, a man and a woman. Well, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Completely gender fluid. Now, not not trying to knock nobody else's choices in their life. Completely gender fluid. That may be two men, one more dominant, one more submissive, however it may be. Or maybe two women, same, vice versa. Regardless. Regardless, that they're a full family unit is more powerful than a single parent household or a split unit. It can oh. it can make or break the smallest the smallest of the camel's jaw. It can make or break. I I dis I agree with some and disagree with some. So, um, hey, we can agree to disagree. That's why we great. Oh, for sure, for sure. Now I agree that that it requires in order for a successful family, women have done it by themselves, but they didn't do it alone by themselves. They had those boys or those girls around family. They had some male in their life, be it the barber, be it the coach, be it something to influence, to help show them how a man should conduct himself. Because a woman don't know how a man should conduct himself. She only have an idea because she's not a man, remember? And vice versa for a single father who, who has a daughter. Only thing he can do is teach her how to respect men. 
he can't teach her the things of a woman because he don't know. Correct. She can he he can teach her how to respect men and how she should be respected by a man. That's it. That's it. And there's but, a standard that he sets at that point. There's a standard that he sets. Now that and that goes the same way for a woman raising a, a young man, a young boy. The same absolutely. thing. But that's absolutely. where we get that emasculation. That's where we get that emasculation of a lot of the black men in our community is because during their upbringing, their influences were less than great. Let's say less than great. But does that does that limit you? Does that put a ceiling on your greatness? That shouldn't Not put a ceiling greatness. on there. Well, I'm sure it, it didn't. You, you turned out to be a great young man. And, and I thank your mom and I thank you for continuing with those efforts. What I'm trying to explain is when it when it comes to just because you didn't have whose fault is it that you stopped right there? Because I'm sure you had someone of a greater influence in your life at some point in time mm-hmm. to help hone yes. you and to be a, to be the man that you are. Individual, individual self. That that's who fault that would be would be individual self. Whomever, whomever will take that, and however they want to take it and run with it, put the shoe on, put the hat on, however you want to put it, put on the bandana. Don't care. Like whoever individual self at that point where they feel like that was where they stopped, and this is all they are great. This is all that they're worth. If someone doesn't know their self worth, they cannot know their potential for greatness. I agree. I agree. So we were talking last week. We mentioned exposure. Do you feel exposure plays a part in removing the ceiling of your life? When I say exposure, I mean as far as exposing you to, to, to other cities, to other states, to other lifestyles, to other cultures, to better restaurants or well, yeah, it definitely plays a part. It, it definitely plays a part. And the reason why I would say that it plays a part is because when you when you expose yourself to things that are out of your norm or what you've been actually accustomed to, you have to break the wall. You have to break the barrier. You have to accept that people are different. There are people that come from different walks of life. There are things that have happened to other people that have shaped and molded them and influenced them to be the people that they are. You can look at someone who was, is now a multi-billionaire and you may never know that this person was on the side of the road somewhere asking for change. He may have been panhandling. He may have been hell, There's a lot of people that may have been selling their bodies that have come to straight greatness. But you wouldn't know that unless you actually expose yourself to their testimony, to their truth, to understanding where they came from, and meeting people from different walks of life, exposing yourself to different cuisines, Turkish, Moroccan, Chinese, Japanese, Philippines, it doesn't matter. Any kind of any kind of exposure to something outside of what you have been accustomed to makes you great makes you better. If you're not exposing yourself to those things, if you're not exposing yourself to those things, then you are not 
allowing yourself to reach your full potential because you never know where your next networking or you never know where your next your your next level of of motivation may be coming from it may come from somebody that you don't even like but they may say something that makes an impact on your life that will motivate you for example i will give a personal story of my myself um coming out of high school i had a full ride to alabama state for pole vaulting i chose to go to the united states marine corps and serve my country I was told by my father, the one that cre- that planted his seed to create me, allow me into this world on God's blessing. I was told by him that he would see me in a couple of weeks. I see you in a couple of weeks. It's a thirteen-week boot camp. This is not a couple of weeks. He didn't believe that I would be able to make it through because I did not stand as tall as he expected me to stand. But if I was living by his expectations, I would have never stood any taller. If I did not use that as a motivator to get through and help myself persevere through all of the things, all of the trials that I experienced during boot camp, I would have never made it to be the person that I am today. You know what I'm saying? So, like, a, a person's own individual take on their influences and, and their the way that they accept somebody's words because it can either make you a break you accept a negative word towards you you know you can break it is what it is power of the song power of the song it's to you can do you're absolutely right I will tell you what what helped me when I was young almost every summer I would go to South Carolina all through the and I would go to his house. We would go to the airport. And it was so peaceful, so quiet. So we're talking around now with uh, late 80s, early 90s, when you know, drugs were all time high, drawing black music. And I would go there, and it was so peaceful. It was so peaceful. And I say, this is what I want for my life. I want peace. When the old graduated, so exposure plays a part as you break those feelings, those levels, those barriers to you becoming free, to you becoming the man that you are. So now based on what your father seems like your father was trying to limit you. And rightly, there could have been an emasculation factor, okay, versus letting you know how great, how powerful you are as a man, as a young man, to go and do whatever you want to be a Marine. Hell, now that Barack is in office, being president, it doesn't matter. Someone should have pulled that into your life. You can do whatever you want to do, just as long as I'm going to be following. you agree? And I completely agree. I agree. Your own greatness depends on your own motivation. Because I don't know how many people 
can really be came into this world with somebody else attached to them. There's not that many people. I'm just I'm just saying. Now, you came into this world single. You will leave this world single. When when it's all said and done, when you go home, when you go up a yonder, you will not like you will not be attached to the hip to someone else. Your own greatness, you can't blame your sadness. You can't blame your motivation on anyone else. Because when it's all said and done, if you wake up in the morning and be like, today you're going to be great, say it till you believe it. Even if you don't believe it the first day, the second day, say it till you believe it. Say it again. If you really don't believe it, then you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe in your own greatness. You don't. And that's okay. But one day, you'll actually believe in your own greatness, and you'll make it to that spot where you know that you can be. How I refer to it in myself, I refer to it as my he. It is he who I aspire to be. That's how I refer to it in myself. Some may refer to it as their, their, their higher enlightenment, or some may refer to it as their 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 ending, like their, their, their swan song, however you want to put it. But who is it that you aspire to be? What is it that you aspire to be? If that's what you want to be, put in the work to get there. A man that don't work, Absolutely. don't eat. Absolutely. And safe without work is dead. Absolutely. So with all that, I guess the primary would be Topic, I you know, catching it from where we're at now. Um, I think it's the portrayal. I mean, you see a lot of it spread across TV, uh, social media, things like that, where it's more women leading households than men. Um, men are absent a lot of times, and in that regard, sometimes kids grow up in an environment where it's nothing but females, and depending on what they hear. You know, people as a kid or something of that nature may set that standard in their mindset. And I guess it goes back to uh, men being more present, men being taking their rightful place like they should take their rightful place and instead of, you know, taking the cowardly way out. Not saying that all men do, and I think a lot of there's a lot of great men, good men that does do the work are there, are present. It's just that the ones that are not present are the ones that's being advertised or in shows they're being demasculated by someone, uh, whether it's a female or whether it's another dominant male. Um, You see those type of stereotypes 
and sometimes in seeing those stereotypes, um, it makes a person have a perspective of, is this the way we're viewed? Is this the way I'm supposed to be viewed? And I think it takes someone to actually teach people and teach young men in general, young black men in general, what their rightful place is to be, what is their responsibility to be, um, what standards should they set for themselves so that other people will know the standards that um, should be set forth in dealing with them and communicating with them. Um, people gain respect by a certain way. And if you allow someone to demasculate you, you lose all respect for that person, lose all respect for you. And I think it comes back to how it's viewed, how it's portrayed, and then how a person carries themselves in that way to show whether you would even accept that kind of thing or whether a person would even feel accepted even accepting that because I don't think a real true man would ever want or be acceptable to be demasculated. But you also have to be doing the right things because your actions speak louder than your words. You can say the right stuff, but your actions got to be proven to show why you should get that respect to be the man. It's, it's more than just being a man. There's the requirements and stuff you have to do in actions to show why you deserve the respect of a man because of the things that you're doing for yourself, your family, your communities. There's responsibilities that come to the title of being a man. And I think when a man falls short, people feel like it's okay to demasculate them. Well, I, 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 I agree. But I also think that because a dominant male, let's say an alpha male person, comes across someone who's not alpha, for mm -hmm. him to continue to emasculate him, he's just as wrong as everyone else. Just because someone isn't on that particular level doesn't mean you treat him as such. That means you grab him by the hand and you teach him. You up his game. Because if not, what good are you? Mm-hmm. I agree. One more caller. I agree. Uh, caller, 5289. Yeah. Mr. Marcus. Welcome. Thank you. Well. Is this more? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, man. Hey, hey the family. Hey, what's up? We're talking on? about why does it seem like the emasculation of black men is acceptable? Okay. I'm we initially, we're, we're talking about how society played their part. We're talking about the absence played a part. We're talking about how it wasn't in society. It wasn't enough men handing handing down the knowledge. It wasn't enough men as examples. We also touched on briefly the power of the tongue. How okay. someone can speak negative to you and it can destroy you, or someone can speak positive and it builds you up. I believe that all those are problems or issues in the black community. The reason why our young boys aren't being the men that they're called on or not being respected or received as great as they are. What's your thoughts on that? 
I'm listening. I'm listening. I just, I, I just, I'm just in thought right now. Okay. So while you think about yeah. that, we're going to introduce Pastor to the line. Pastor. Okay. Yes, sir. We have an entire, the whole screen is lit up. I believe we have, uh, I have some family on the line. I am so grateful for your support. Thank you. You know, we have uh, Cousin Mark, I believe, that's what Cousin Marquis, who I was talking to, with Twin Ray on the line. Wow, I'm I'm floored with, with all the support. The topic is why does it seem like emasculation of black men is acceptable? We briefly talked about Adam and Eve, how the male was ordained to be the dominant. We talked about the power of the tongue, how you can speak positive or negative. We talked about reading by example. We talked about uh, yeah, we talked about damn Vietnam. Uh, destroying the, the black home. So we, we, we jump in, jump in. I know you're gonna give me some Bible scripture that you connect it all because it's all connected somehow. But before you do so, while you think about that, I believe Mark is ready for his his response to the question. Warren, I didn't I didn't hear the last part what you said. I said, why does it seem like the emasculation of black men is Okay, when you say, okay, when you say, why does it seem it's acceptable? Who? Well, my question would be, like, are we talking about a certain race that's, you know, that's, I'm uh, saying that it's acceptable by us because we're allowed. Other people to emasculate us as men, right? We we allow women, we allow uh, the white community, we allow uh, television, we allow everyone else to emasculate. Gotcha, gotcha. Um. Well, okay. My question, and anybody can you know chime in on it is. How do we, how could we control that? Because it's at different levels, and it starts from, it starts from home. It does. Well, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna answer that question. Is we can control that by knowing who we are. Once you know who you are, you're not going to accept anybody talking to you other than the way you supposed to be spoken to, where you want to be spoken to, but also you teach someone how to deal with you by the way you deal with them. If I don't deal with you in a disrespectful tone, I'm not going to accept disrespect from you, and I don't care who you are. Exactly. Period. That's how we start, but we first must know who we are. Okay. Can you understand that? Now I was gonna say I I kind of ran I kind of had a situation like that years ago because I'm I'm in IT and and I mean we don't have many of us I'm gonna say in IT and in in corporate America we don't have many of us there's a sprinkle of us in IT you know just enough to you know to keep the hush down or whatever but 
to make a long story short, um, that situation kind of happened to me to where a supervisor disrespected me, talked to me, thought that he could talk to me in in any kind of way. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not real confrontational at all. You know, I just, you know, Hey, I get along with everybody. You know, I, I feel, um, I'll give you the respect that you give me. And, um, but he, he, he disrespected me that day and I got out of character and I had to let him know, Hey, you know, you, you can't talk to me that way. And it escalated and, and it went to the manager. And we the, the manager called both of us in, supervisor and myself, and, and he was like, you guys need to resolve this. And I just explained. I explained to him, I mean, of course, this was two, two white guys. And I had explained to him that the way he talked to me, he talked to me like I was a kid. He, he didn't belittle me, but, you know, you, you the way he talked to me was, I'm like a, like a child, and I was like, I'm not going for that. I said, I said, I respect this guy as my supervisor, but I will not let him talk to me any kind of way. And you know what? That guy, um, he maybe six months later, he um, got promoted to a different department. And maybe a year, maybe a year after the guy got promoted, he recommended me to come over to his team. And to this day, it was because I think I stood up for myself. You know, I didn't just let him talk to me any kind of way. And I think he respected me more for that than than me just taking, you know, him just talking to me any kind of way. I think he respected me more than that. And to this day, me and him, we, we, we talk like we're good friends. But to go back to what you said um as far as like you need you need to know who you are and I believe that. Because if I didn't know who I was, I wouldn't have said nothing. I would have stood. I would have just I would have just sat there and whatever. But that that is true. I think that you need to you need to know who you are and as black men we have to stand up and don't don't just take whatever they just rash out to you or whatever they give you. You don't nah. We have to we have to stand up for ourselves. Because if you show weakness, then you 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 is pray. You pray when you show weakness, and that's just okay. in society. Period. Good job. Well, good job for standing up for yourself. And I can attest that he's not the most confrontational, Pastor. At all, <laughs> Pastor. Uh, I'm gonna tell you about that, brother. He, I've known him all my life. <laughs> I, was, I was the conversational one. I was the one that was going down it, without question, without hesitation, without thought. He wasn't the one. The one that stood up for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was the baby. So, Pastor, now, give us something that's going to connect this to the Bible. Because a lot of people don't really hold on, hold dear to it, hold true to it, unless they can read it. The best I can give well, is Adam and Eve and, and all the other things I've heard along the way. Right, 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 right. Well, listen, again, um, I'm going to give you uh, my perspective. I'm sure there's countless others, but I'm going to give you mine. And I, I want to address what um, 
the last yes, brother was talking about. Oh, yeah, man. I think a lot of us have had, um, you know, confrontations oh, like that. Uh, I had one, and it was really an eye-opening experience because I realized that even though I said I was taking my stance, you know, it was almost as if God called me on the carpet. And, you know, someone was belittling me, you know, as a man, the way I felt at least. And I decided to take a stand. I wanted to let him know who I was. And once I got home and got, you know, to really just kind of evaluating the situation, I realized, you know what, I'm I'm in error. You know, now, did he have a right to challenge me like came in my heart, came in my spirit. Well, why is it that you had to show him your manhood? Why is it that you got to pull it out? Why can't he just see it without you controlling it? You know, that's, that's the thing. We want to take a stand as a man, but there's two questions that I have for all of us, and I, I include myself. You know, uh, the first one is, you know, who are you and where are you? You know, if you don't know who you are, God made you as a man, and he made you, even more importantly than that, in the image of God and the likeness of God. So if we're not carrying ourselves like that, and I don't mean all spooky, up in the air, hollering hallelujah, I'm not talking about that, but walking with, walking with assurance, walking in our manhood, walking to where when folks see you, there's no doubt, you know what, I'm going to think two, three, four, five times before I cross this brother. I'm going to treat him like a man. You know why? Because he carries himself like a man. And so, number one, we got to know who we are. We're in the image and the likeness of God. So we don't have to defend our manhood. It's like me walking in my house and letting my wife know, look, I'm the man in this house. And she's going to look at me and say, you know what? Well, did you have any doubt? You know, why are you having to announce it? You got questions about it or whatever. So it's better for me to be it instead of phoning it out when I want you to know it. Okay, and the next thing is, where are you? You know, are we where we're supposed to be, man? Are we, are we, you know, doing what we're supposed to do, carrying ourselves the way we're supposed to carry ourselves? And I, and I think that's that's um, a major issue. I mean, we know that the world is backwards. We know that, you know, we're the minority. We know that we've been kicked to the curb. We know that we've been discriminated against. We got all that. We got all that. Yeah. But the question is, what are we doing about it? Are we just sitting here still waiting on our 40 acres and a mule? Are we educating ourselves and saying, regardless of what you do, you know what? I'm going to carry myself the way I'm supposed to carry myself. And I don't have to uh, ask you for respect. You're just going to give it to me by the way I carry myself. I will treat you as a man. And you know what? You're going to treat me as a man. And if you don't treat me as a man, I'm going to continue being a man. I don't have to show you I'm a man. Exactly. I just got to continue to be a man. You know, why? I don't understand why, you know, if somebody asks you how much money you got, you don't pull it out and show your bank, uh, bank um, book. So why you got to show your man who is? What you going to do, zip your pants down and say, there you go. That ain't the way it works, man. <laughs> you know? Right. You, you ought right. to know ahead of time, you know, and, and a lot of times that's what I was doing is I wanted to let you know, look, I'm just as much man as you. No, I ain't got to do that, partner. Let me, let, me, let me let you know something. You know, it's like with my children. You know, my boys are getting a little old, and they kind of give me that look every now and then. But one thing about it, you know, uh, when you grab it, you're going to find out, boy, man, you're going to find out. 
But, you know, Mm -hmm. because I carry myself as a man, guess what? They respect me as a man. So that's my biggest Mm -hmm. thing right there. God made us in his image and in his likeness. And a lot of times we're calling ourselves a man, but we're not carrying ourselves the way God wants us to carry ourselves. And then we want everybody to submit themselves. We want the wife to bow down. We want the white man to bow down. We want the world to bow down. But are we worthy to be bowed down to? I mean, have you bowed to God yet? And so that's the, that's the biggest issue right there. If we're not fulfilling all of our responsibilities and requirements, why in God's name are we going to try to hold somebody else to theirs? I mean, honestly, uh, do they deserve it? When I don't do right as a father, it bothers me to hear my children say, Daddy. I mean, because I'm like, man, I'm a sucker, man. I, I, hadn't, I, haven't, man, I haven't done this. Look at them over there. They need a pair of shoes, and I can't give it to them, and they call it me daddy. You know, and, and, and that bothers mm-hmm. me, man. So, again, man is not, to me, just a title. It's a responsibility. And if I'm not fulfilling my responsibility, then I don't deserve to be respected as a man. I feel like I, I should be respected as a man when I carry myself as a man. So I don't know if that helps you or hurts you. I don't know what's been said on the line, but... Mm-hmm. That's definitely what was in my spirit for tonight. Thank you very much. Now, you were born, well, I was born a male. Yeah. As I aged, I became a man. As I matured, as I matured, I became a king or under God. I love you. Wish to take that next level. Right. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. with those things being said, you have responsibilities. That come with those, and the responsibilities right. that come with those is to reach down to embrace someone else, to teach someone else, or to teach everyone else. Right? Just because you're a man doesn't mean you can't teach a young lady. Because this young lady may not know that bitch and whore is not terms of endearment. Right. That is not acceptable. You follow what I'm saying? So. Yes, sir. It's a lot that comes with it's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. Now, although, like my cousin said earlier, I was a fighter. I wasn't <laughs> fighting for the right reason. You know what I mean? So that went in vain. But if I was fighting for the right reason, it would have more of a lasting effect. Yes. So the respect yes, would have been men, the love would have been there men, versus the intimidation yes. of the bullies. You know what I mean? You got it. Now you got it. And see, as men, if we're carrying ourselves properly, we can fight with intelligence. We can fight with uh, truth. We can fight with love. We can fight with information. You know, a real man barely has to throw hands. He, oh, he absolutely. He got so much. He, he got so much that he can throw until he don't have to use his hands. He can use his mm-hmm. he can use his, he can use his uh his his, his uh trials and tribulations. He can use his he can use all that stuff, man. And and you got enough to throw at somebody and say, hey, baby girl, listen. If you ever hear anybody refer to you, you know, out of your name or whatever, don't you even answer. You keep your head up. Because that's not who you are. Let me show you how a man carries himself. And that's the way that we're supposed to do that thing, man. So, you know, we, we got it backwards, I think. You know, we've I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. We've lost our voice 
and we become an echo. All we're doing is just, you know, what we heard somebody else say. And I forget that, man. Where's your voice? Speak up. Speak well, up, my voice know? is in my action. Let your voice be heard. My voice yeah. is in my action because that goes a lot yes, further sir. than I could get. You know what I mean? One thing that I yeah, did yeah. learn along the way is that violence is a tool of the ignorance. You did? So <laughs> as a man, we can we can settle conflict with, with conversation, with communication. And like mm-hmm. the young brother said earlier, we can even agree to disagree and part ways yeah. peacefully. Yeah. But we don't yeah. want to do that. Somebody, it was taught to us that somebody has to be better. We got to fight to see who's, who's great or what have you, or who's right even. Because remember now, the mm-hmm. loser is automatically, <laughs> is automatically wrong. Although he may be right, but because he lost the fight, he, he's wrong. Hmm. So that doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere at all. And usually, right. the person who's doing the loudest talking, who's doing the most talking, then the one is probably wrong, or probably the weakest. Yep. I agree. Now, Ray, yeah. Marquis, what you got to say about that? Hello, Marquis? Moving right along. Ray, what's your thought? Ray is the Ray is the sensible one in some of us. No, I definitely agree. You know, some good with what you just said. Uh sometimes the person that speaks the loudest is sometimes the wrong one, and sometimes it's the one that probably has the most inferior conflict going on at the same time. Uh, sometimes the the bar can be louder than the bite at the end of the day. You know, sometimes people have their own insecurities, and they try to, I guess, take it out on someone else in order to make themselves feel good or make themselves feel stronger or masculine than somebody else. Um, and it's one of those things where, you kind of got to be sure of yourself because if you have to put somebody else down in order to make you feel good or make you feel like a man, then you're really not a man at the end of the day because you shouldn't yeah. have to down somebody to make yourself feel good. You should be able to be a man to stay on your own and, like you said, help somebody up, not to bring nobody down. And I think if we get to the place where your mindset, if people can be self-sufficient, men can be self-sufficient and knowing who they are and knowing that they are a true man and how to help somebody, help a man be a man rather than put them down where they may not either know or may need to know, then I think at the end of the day, you will have a group of men who actually can have their own self-worth, can know what it is to be a man and can represent that and teach others from generations to come. But it's all about getting into that place where Men can feel comfortable being a man, and we can feel comfortable helping another man know what that steps and know what that is. Absolutely. So, Pastor, what do you think about that? I think the brothers. I think the brothers on it. I mean, uh, a lot of things. A lot of a lot of a lot's going lacking because you know, again, we're not comfortable. 
uh, being a blessing to one another. We're not comfortable teaching another brother. We feel as though that takes some of my masculinity away. And in order to be a man, if you're not teaching someone else, you know, if you're not sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your resources, then in my opinion, you're not being a man anyway. So, you know, it's sad. We live in a society where, you know, it's frowned upon for men to even say, I love you. You know, we, we can't say that without somebody feeling all, you know, some kind of way on the inside. You know, it's, it's time to get away from that, man. And li- literally, again, if you love me, you know what? Don't leave me where I am and don't leave me like I am. Don't, don't do that. Share your information. Share your knowledge. Share your wisdom. Share your resources. Share your prayers, man. And raise me back up. You know, the greatest thing in the world is to reach back and grab somebody and uh, pull them out of where you were just a few years ago. We got to do that, man. We got to do that. And we we don't want to do that. We want to get up here and say, look, you know, I was watching a movie. And, again, I know y'all always judge the preacher and we always supposed to watch, you know, stuff. But I was watching a movie called Friday After Next or Next Friday or whatever it was. And Dr. Elroy said he won the lottery and got his money. He said, I was gone. He got up out of the ghetto. Yeah, I'm not a son of saying and I And I hear the brother. I got him. But he has a brother. And I know it's just a movie. You won millions. And you got a brother that's still living in the hood. You got a nephew over there that's fighting for his life every Friday. And here it is. You got your money, and you just left the hood. And I got that. It's just fine. But is it really worth it, man, for you to make it? And everybody you know, you know, still struggling and suffering. I don't know, man. I, you know, the only place well, I'm willing to go by myself to is to heaven. Nobody don't want to go well, to heaven. That's this. fine with me. But <laughs> think about this. You see what happened with Nipsey Hussle? Yes, sir. Right when you when you you can go, you don't necessarily have to go back to help. You can send your resources back. That don't necessarily mean you have to do right. that Because remember, like right. you said before, once. Jesus healed, he told him to go out the other door. Right. Because the people who used who who knew you from the past won't recognize who you are currently. They only go remember who yeah. you were. Mark, you have something to say? Yeah, I was I wanted to say it's you know, I, I kinda get what Pastor's saying. Um about uh, you know why we can't bring each other up, um, why you know why I can't help this brother off the ground, but it's been it's like it's been for decades it's been like that, and it still is. Yeah. And 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 my question to you is, or, or what do you think as far as why is it still like that? It's like it's it's like I don't want to see you do better than me. We and and, and to be honest with you, I only see that. I really only see that in the black community. I don't see, um, for instance, where I work, you know, it's a lot of Indians that's, that's not migrated over here. That's in IT, right? And they're, they send for their people to come over. And you know what they do? They don't go to school. They bring them over. They're all in a house together. And they teaching each other how to do stuff in IT and then getting a job. But we yes, don't do it. We, we, yes, we just won't help each other out. I just don't. I just yeah. don't get it. And it, to me, it just seemed like it's just a black race. It's just. I, I, I'm so I, serious. Yeah. I mean, you really, I agree. you really don't see that. You don't see that in the white race. 
and like I say, you know, I just threw the Indians out there, but they, you know, they're doing the same thing. But it's just, it just seems like it's just us in in a bucket. The, you know, what we say, a crab, a, a crab bucket, full of crabs, and we all fighting trying to get, yeah, and we all trying to fight each other trying to get out, pulling each other back down. Well, be mindful now. I mean, now. that's so old. Yeah, but go see, ahead. That's I'm so, sorry. To me, but to me, now that is, we're in a new era now. It don't have to be like that. That's that's the thing. It don't have to be like that. Just like well, I believe, just like Pastor said, that like where I'm at now, I'm supposed to reach back and help somebody get to where I, I the where I am, or what you know. I'm still striving, but I know it's somebody behind me that's you know that where I was ten years ago. So I want to help this person, you know, get to where I'm trying. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna say this. It's, it's your charge, and that's biblical. Um, I think it was said, if you pass your brother on the ground, you try to lend him a hand. And if you don't get up, you keep going. And you come back, you try again. You're not supposed to leave your brother ever in the same condition that what you found him. Pastor, yeah. you can uh, fix, fix that for me in a few minutes. But one of the things that we got to be mindful of, we were always taught competition. Everybody has to be better than somebody else. We, you can't be great, and I can't be great. Why is that? When, in fact, we both are great. We're not taught that you can be great and I can be great. You got to be better. You got to be better. You got to be better. I got to be the best. For what? I had the conversation about who's a better rapper, Black Thought or Andre 3000, and everybody wanted to say some was better than others. And I say... Hell, I think both of them are, are great. Period. Yeah. I don't want either one of them on my track. Hey, they can make me sound like I'm saying ABCs. So, with that being said, society has taught us that somebody always got to be the winner. You think about it. Look at sports nowadays. They're giving everybody trophies. So the team who actually went undefeated, who got a trophy, got the same size trophy as the people they just beat. Yeah, yep. So we're not teaching our kids that step your game up because you're going to get a trophy anyway. Pastor, what do you have to say about that? Give, help me out. No, man, listen, um, I don't know the brother's name, uh, the one in IT, but that, that's um, – that's the perfect example right there, and we don't want, you know, that's my that's my only problem with um, all of the quote unquote black causes. I have no problem with all of us coming together, but we'll come together mm-hmm. when there's drama, but we won't stay together when it's just everyday life, you know. And you watch it nope. with the Indians, you watch it with the Hispanics, you watch it with, you know, it don't matter what race it is, they work together. But for us, it's yep. all about I gotta show you that I'm, you know, you're a better man than you. I've got to defeat you. You know, I've got to yep. show you. You know, if you get two women, I gotta have three. If you get two cars, I gotta have four. It, it's it's yep. it's sad, man. At our mentality right now, and we don't know how to pool our resources. We refuse mm. to do that because we don't want anybody to get ahead of us. And that's so far yep. away from biblical principles. It is so far away. There's one place in the Bible where 
it says that uh, everybody brought their resources and laid them in one place, and they were evenly distributed where nobody had any lack. And it's amazing to me because people are like, wait a minute, you only brought $3, and I brought $20. Well, I got that, but at the bottom, it, that's not, it's not about what you brought. It's about what we can do with what we have. And we don't look at it like that, man. And so it's, 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 um, it hurts. It gut, gut-wrenching. But this is, this is how we change it. We've got to, you know, make the decision. You know what? Uh, you know, and what I do, okay, I want to work with the brother with IT. I'm not going to let my kids grow up and say, I want to be an NBA player. Cool, if that's what you want to do, but why don't you own the game? If you can, if you can pay these guys one point. $2 billion or whatever, what are these salaries are now? If they can pay that kind of salary, can you imagine what the owner's making? I mean, you know, exactly. so why don't we own something, man? We're so busy consuming until we don't spend any time trying to learn how to own. We want to be out front. We want to be seen, but the behind-the-scenes folks, that's the one that you really need to be like. So it's just, it boils down to education, and bottom line, it boils down to choice. Do I want to be better? Do I want my people better? Do I want my brother yep. better? Do I want my family brother better? Yep. And if you want that, man, we need to go to work. We need to go to work. Absolutely. We need to go to work like yesterday, man. Like yesterday. And, Absolutely. Uh, but again, Hold that thought, Pastor. We're so busy. Hold that thought. Yes, introduce uh, caller 1226 to the line. Hello? Uh, how you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to ask. I seen the thing seems like it's cool for you know for us to be like emasculated, and um, yeah. you know I think it really, it kind of really started with the baby boomers. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, with their situation, because I think like when, you know, when that action happened like in the 60s and the, and the different situations, the different actions, the different political movements went on in the 60s. It was kind of like uh, black men um, unconsciously, of course, uh, conceded their manhood, you mm. know. And it, it 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 was, like I said, it was an unconscious thing. It wasn't necessarily a thing that, okay, that, that, was, that was known or that was foreseen, but certain actions that they did, you know, they they just considered their manhood unknowingly, you know, and it's like now, you know, we inherited, you know, the mistakes of, you know, generation uh, generation Y, and it's like in this time, it seemed like everything is just catching up with us, you know, real hardcore, like, so, you know, now we're to the point where, you know, there's no real definition you know, manhood, you know, you have a lot of, you know, just hardcore and individualism, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, growing up in Detroit, yeah. you know, the Arabs, you know, like, they, to me, had, like, some of the purest manhood, you know, that you see, you know, that like they say, because they, you know, they was men together, you know, they, they men together, you know, they're not men individually, like how we try to be, you know, they're men together, you know, they, you know, they, uh, they don't, you know, they're not falling out over the slightest, smallest situation. And they lean on each other as men. You know, a lot of times, you know, we look into leaning on our women 
for things and looking for women to do certain stuff for us. And we really should be leaning on each other as men, you know, but we so, you know, like I said, I work at a shipyard, and, you know, in Virginia, and, um, you know, it's, it's more black men here that, like, just got a lot, you know, was, you know, making 100 plus a year. And it's a lot of successful black dudes here, but, you know, everything is hardcore individualism. Everything is uh, dog eat dog. Everything is I'm doing me. I don't fuck with niggas. You know, it's everything is so disjointed. It's almost like nullified. It's like your success. You have success here and you get money, but, you know, it's nullified. As far as, you know, certain things that you would have if, you, if I was back in Detroit around, you know, niggas on the curb, you know, I would probably be sharing more there than I would be here, you know. So that's all I wanted to add, you know what I mean, like just to the conversation. Well, we appreciate that, and, and we agree with you. You know, we just mentioned earlier how we have that, that crab mentality, but you can have all the money like your, your all these people that's in our pop culture who billionaires and what have you, but what are they doing in the community? What good is it to have it for yourself if you're not reaching back and helping someone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. So with that being said, Pastor, now I need you to connect this biblically. Not the storehouse. We're going to talk about how it all started. We're going to talk about when God ordained the man to be a man or the head. We're going to talk about how you're supposed to help a brother and all that good stuff. Because the community need to hear this. Everyone needs to hear this. Hell, I still need to hear it. Please talk to me. All right, man. I'll, I'll, I'll do all I know to do. Um, but you know this, this is not something that just started. Um, the last brother that got on the line, he talked about you know a period where he saw some things that you know where a shift did take place. But and again, I'm speaking biblically. It started all the way back at the beginning of time when God made us. We talked about that earlier. But they were two brothers, and I'm going to go so far as to say from my study and from my beliefs. It doesn't take away from what someone else believes, but uh, it was two black men. One was named Cain. The other one was named Abel. Two brothers, blood brothers, biological brothers. Had a good father, had a good mother, had a great place to live. I mean, literally, you know, one had one um, uh, responsibility, another one had another one. You know, they had two very different jobs. One wasn't any greater than the other. And all God required was, you know what, Uh, you know, share some of what you have. Share some of what you have. Be a blessing to other people. And one guy brought, you know, his sacrifice. The other one brought, the other brother brought his sacrifice. And then all of a sudden God received one sacrifice and didn't receive the other. And it was all because of the spirit it was given in. Now, please understand, it didn't do him any good to get mad with God. So what did he do? He got mad at his brother. He got mad at his brother. He took him out. And he said, you know what? We ain't even having this. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to take you out. He didn't have an AK-47. He didn't have a 9mm, but he killed him. He killed him and then tried to, to hide it. Guy came out and asked him. He said, um, hey, Cain, what's, what's up with you? What's, what's going on with you? 
And Cain said, you know, I'm good. He said, no, nah. he said, I'm telling you, something is wrong with you. And I paraphrase it. He said, if you don't get it together, he said, sin is lying at your door. In other words, you're going to do something stupid if you don't uh, get yourself together. And sure enough, after the Lord had that conversation with him, he killed his brother. He killed his brother out of jealousy. He killed his brother because he saw that uh, there was competition between he and his brother rather than just responsibility of he and his brother. And so the Lord came and asked him, said, where's your brother at? He said, am I my brother's keeper? One of the most powerful questions that's ever been asked. He, he asked the Lord, am I my brother's keeper? And here's the thing about it. That truth is, yes, you're supposed to be. In other words, he asked him, where's your brother? And this is what he pretended. He pretended he didn't know where his brother was. Yes, you do. You killed him. You know where you buried him. You knew where he was. Let me flip that switch on you right quick. Everybody in here knows where other brothers are. They're out there in the drug game. They're in the penal system. They're in there trying to be the big ball and the shot caller. We know where our brothers are. Are we our brother's keepers? Are we reaching out to them and saying, hey, man, listen, if you know how to cut this stuff up and sell it like this, man, let me tell you something. If you get yourself together and get some knowledge about yourself, I can put you in this IT department making some legal money. If you get yourself together, instead of pushing this right here, you know what? You can push your own business and, and, and change this world. See, we know where our brothers are. But that's, that's my, my issue right there. Am I my brother's keeper? You know where he is. You, you know exactly where he is. Everybody on this line right now, all of us, we may be mad at him. We may not understand him. We may have decided I'm not going to let him drag me down. And that's cool. I, just, I truly understand that. But we know where they are. Yes, I am my brother's keeper. You know, when Adam messed up, Eve actually ate the fruit. But then she gave it to Adam. He ate it. And when God came in the garden, he didn't say, Adam, Eve, where are you at? Eve, what did you do? He said, Adam, where are you? In other words, you're the one that's responsible. If you had been where you were supposed to be, if you had done what you were supposed to do, then none of this wouldn't have happened. So guess what? Now we're responsible for our brother, and now we're responsible for our household. So God's going to hold us accountable. You know, that's the thing about it. But guess what? We can get it together. You know, I may not be able to reach, you know, uh, 100,000 people, but if I, can, if I can reach one, that one person can reach somebody else, and that one person can reach somebody else. And that's how it has to start, guys. It has to start with all of us taking on the responsibility and saying, okay, how many canes have I, I mean, how many Abels have I killed? How did I kill them? Maybe I killed them with my words. Maybe I killed them by not educating them. Maybe I killed them by ignoring them. Maybe I killed them by moving away from them. Maybe I killed them by not confronting them and saying, Negro, get yourself together. You know better than this. Because you know what, black folks, sometimes that's what it takes. You can't put us in the corner and, 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 and count to ten. and you, know, you can't do us like that. You got to pull out a, 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 a switch and tie three of them together and chastise us that way, if you will. And that's why we get our... You know, that's how our attention is, 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 is God. So, you know, that that's as far as I need to take it. I don't even need to get out of Genesis. And this is my last thing. The Bible is broken up into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And all of us here, we're living the New Testament. We're, we're doing our thing, making that 100K a year and all of that. But everybody here 
still has an Old Testament. And I'm telling you, that's the part that we're going to be held accountable for. So I'm not blaming us. I'm just saying it has to start with us. If God brought you out, if God has blessed you, then you got the responsibility. There's somebody that you know that you can reach. And in my occupation, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I, I had the privilege of being in Billy Graham's presence, and we always talk about all the work that Billy Graham did, but nobody talks about the one person that reached out to Billy Graham, one person that goes unknown that reached out to him and said, you can make a difference, and Billy Graham went and talked, touched the world. So if we just touch one person, we don't know how God's going to use them. So tonight, are you Cain or are you Abel? Are you killing them or are you being killed by them? I'll leave it right there. No, that's real heavy. That's real heavy because it does give us that sense of accountability. Like, I'm going to be held accountable for my deeds. Okay? I'm going to be held accountable for what I teach my brother and yeah, what I don't teach him. Because I know better. One thing you did mention in there is about competition. Competition is what kills us. That kills the community. Because I'm going to take you out because I want to be the man. I'm not going to share this knowledge with you because I want to do better than you. It's enough for everybody. We got to reach back. We got to teach what we know in order to continue to grow. Because I promise you that one brother that you may teach can teach you something along the way as well. It may not, IT may not be his strong suit, but coding may be, and he can help you with coding, and that could be your weak, your weak subject. So you can always learn from somebody else. But we, in our community, it's all about competition. I believe that it was when we came over here or when, after we were kidnapped. <laughs> or what have you, when we came over here in slavery. I believe that that's when it was put in our head that, that seed was planted, that you're never going to make it. And if you do make it, you're only going to make it by screwing over or chilling off your brother. Yeah. And we still see it. We still see it. So how, my question to this line, to all my brothers on here, from Detroit to Tampa, and in between, how can we fix this? How can we fix it? That's not rhetorical, because believe me, I need all the help that I can get. So please, feel free to answer. I think we got to start. We it, it starts with us. We like you said, we got to stop. We got to stop trying to be better than than each other. We got to look at each other as equal. We got to look at each other as valuable. You know, and, and I look at the I, I look at these young. Okay, prime example. Last night. Um, don't know if you. If anybody on the line heard what happened in Tampa, Florida last night, um, I'll just give you a rundown of what happened. I, I went to Walgreens, 
um, to get uh, to pick some things up from Walgreens. So when I got there, I pulled up, I got out the truck, and I seen a black man. He didn't have a shirt on, just had a hat on. He was carrying a little black boy. And it looks like he was almost about to drop him, so he put him down. And I really didn't, wasn't really paying too much attention. That, just, that part just kind of caught my attention. So I walk into Walmart. I mean, I walk into Walgreens. I went in Walgreens five minutes. I, um, I got to the register, and a Puerto Rican guy walks in to Walgreens holding the little black boy. And he said, this little black boy was just wandering in the parking lot. I seen a guy with a shirt off, and I said, hey, is this your little boy? And he started, he ran away. Left the little boy, ran away and left him. So they called the police. Police came there, and um, the police came. Now, granted, you know, I'd say it was, you know, it was a, it was a Puerto Rican guy. You had the, you had the people in the store. You know, they was white, and you had the white police come in there, and he. Got my story, whatever did I, you know, want to know that I really get a description of it, of the guy. And I was like, I wasn't really paying attention. It just caught my eye that he, 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 he didn't have a shirt on. I said, it was a black guy. He didn't have a shirt on. And um, the little boy was two years old. So they set him up on the counter. He wasn't crying. He wasn't nothing. He wouldn't, he, he, they would ask him a question. He wasn't answering anything. And I'm sitting there and because my wife, she called me and was like, what's taking you so long? And I had to be like, hey, this is what happened. And so the uh, police, he, you know, he asked the little guy, you know, how old you is. The little man ain't saying nothing. So, um, of course, he calls him in and, um, you, know, hey, you know, hey, I need somebody down here. And so the one white, white lady was like, yeah, um, you, you know, you know, what are you guys going to do with him or whatever? He's like, well, you're not talking. Well, I'm going to have to call, you know, child services to come get him. But but, but me, I was standing there looking at that, that little boy, and I was, I wanted to take him with me because I looked at a, I looked at a baby black boy that was around all these other races, and I was the only black man standing there, and I was looking at him, and I was like, this can't be how my, what, what my race do. I mean, I'm standing there thinking, like, what are these people thinking about the black man? What just happened? How we do our kids? You know, you know, hey, you know, this man actually ran away. Not saying it was his dad or anything. Because um, to be honest with you, everything, um, everything turned out to be okay. Um, because uh, when I left and Facebook just blew up. It was it was amazing. And Tampa Police, it was all on the news here in Tampa, you know what I mean, it, about this little boy. But for me to witness that, and I'm like, I came home, and I was, I was shook. I was shook until about 1230 that night. It, had, it happened about 1030 last night. And I was just shook because I'm like, man, I'm thinking of a black man. And I was like, this is a young black boy, two years old, and he left him, you know. It could, you know, I, I'm not thinking about white, black. I'm not thinking, about, you know, I'm not thinking about any other races. I was thinking about my race because it all starts from home, right? You know, helping each other out and stuff like that. It starts from home. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, sometimes, well, it has to be taught. 
to help one another. Right and wrong. That starts in our homes. So my thing is, how do we get better? We, you know, like I was saying, we got to break that cycle. And I don't. And I done heard that so much, you know, when I like talk with, you know, other brothers. Hey, we got to break that cycle. We got to break that cycle. Yeah, but how do we break that cycle? How do we do it? I mean, we we all on the line. We all know. We got to help a brother. We got we. Hey, don't turn your back on him. We all know that. How do we, you know? And we can we can walk the walk. We can talk the talk. But how do and and of course some people will look at us. And or other brothers will look at us and be like, you know what? I want to be like him. I want to do what he's doing. But how do we reach out to the younger generation to, to change that, to break that chain, to break that chain, to break that, the, you know, when we came over here, when it, it, like you say, Marlon, when they kidnapped us and brought us over here, that, you know, all man, you know, for itself. You know, how do we break that? How do we come together as brothers? You know, well, I mean, why we haven't had another million man march? You know, why? You know, stuff like that. You know, I, I mean, that's what I, I think, think that to do. we do have to communicate, and with communication, we also have to be examples. But I think it starts right here, right now. I don't know what you brothers are going to do when you get off the phone. I don't know what you other great men are going to do when you got the ball. I don't know what you other kings are going to do when you got the ball. But here's what I do know. Going forward, it is my charge and my responsibility to teach everybody that look like me who they are. The issue is we don't know who we are. Our counterparts know who we are better than we do. They know that we are crazy. That's the reason why the mission is to keep us from getting involved because the time we get involved, mm-hmm. we take over and be the best. Look at our exactly. athletes. Look at our... I believe that. Uh, hell, look at our doctors. We, have, we hold more degrees than our counterparts. We have more businesses than our counterparts. The issue is we do not want to each other succeed. We competition. We don't want you to get out of the, the, the barrel. Maybe I don't want you to get out of the barrel because I know you're not going to reach in to help me out. I don't know. But we must help each other. And I'm willing to give y'all my personal number so that if I can do anything to help you, you call me directly. That's how we start. That's how we start. We got to let each other know that you have a brother that's going to help you out. You have a brother who's going to keep you. You have a brother who's going to hold you accountable. That brother who's going to say, hey, Negro, you know better. You wasn't raised that way. Now, mm-hmm. this is how we we can fix it. Not how you're going to fix it. How we can fix it. Because now it's our problem. Not just yours. Ours. The moment you know that you're not in this fight alone, you're going to fight longer, you're going to fight stronger, you're going to fight better. You may even change up the you fight, but you're going to continue to fight. That's just how I believe we're going to do it. I'm sorry? 
No, I was saying I wanted to add a little something. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I hear the brothers, you know, and, and you know, and, and brothers is sincere, <clears throat> you know, in what they saying. But you know, honestly, I think that you know that um, we in the situation, you know, like really looking at it. I, I feel that really, like you know. Martin Luther King and you know um, uh, what was it uh, Robert Abernathy and you know the rest of the you know civil rights all stars. I I feel that that movement you know it kind of put us in a in a checkmate you know in five generation situation and I think that we kind of we we've we've kind of moved into remnant status as a people. Like the Bible talks about. You know how God's going to, you know, send His fishers for the remnant of His people. You know, um, that are, you know, that are scattered about the countries, and you know, we have to kind of. I, I think it's like to the point where, you know, Black America has just become like evil. You know, there's a lot of evil about us now as a people, and I think in order to survive, in order for Black America to survive. You're really going to have to separate the um, the functional good people in Black America and, and and separate them from the evildoers and the and the non-constructive people. And it's not just it's not to be against the people like that because it's like you want to help, but see, we don't we don't have any resources of rehabilitation. Like if you go on any media source, you know, brothers like you is talking positive or just, you know, want to uplift your people, want to see your people achieve their true potential. Shoot, man, that video, I have a thousand views. You know, maybe at the most, if it's a popular broadcast, it maybe have 10,000 to 3,000. But those people in those circles, they've added a lot of drama and, um, and debating and, um, you know, negativity in those views to get that view. But it's a brother that's just talking, there's straight constructiveness, there's talking straight positivity, no malice, no beefing, no nothing. That video will have a thousand views. Now let's go to the mainstream, the mainstream, the mainstream. Uh, the Breakfast Club getting millions of views. Uh, somebody that's pushing straight ignorance, straight malice, straight fornication, straight whoring of our women. Hundreds of millions of views, you know what I'm saying? So we so by analyzing that situation, you have to see. Well, maybe the majority of, of Black America is in a reprobate mind, and once you're in a reprobate mind, it's really nothing that you can do for those people, you know, because we don't have the resources to reach the masses. I'm, I feel like you're going to have to separate the good, the good Black America that can just, you know, restart and. And live in peace and righteousness, and have families and be constructive from the evildoers at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't, we all gonna perish. You know that, that. I mean that's and that's what has historically happened. Like you think about for every Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, any any black dude that's been possible, even if the dude that just stayed and took care of his family on Evergreen and. And 27 somewhere that this was a, a positive father, 
a provider, um, was a good neighbor, and took care of his community. It was always ten dudes that came and undid what these positive black men have done. So if you was a black man, like I, you know, that, that was that was just unknown, but did the right thing in your community, you had ten, ten niggas that came behind him selling dope, robbing, all type of criminality. Uh, you yeah. know, so you know you gonna have to separate. That, that's, so that's my point. You know, you are gonna have to let a lot of us fall by the wayside, and the ones that is left is constructed to start over. You know, because you don't, you just don't have the resources to reach us. You don't have, you you know, the 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 the, the hip hop culture, the the uh, the a lot of these people they have so much influence over us. That somebody that's just talking positive and constructive and talking about something that makes sense, it, don't, it, it goes over people's heads. You know, I, I was trying to be engaged to a person like that, you know, a woman like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, me, you know, the, it, it, it was like night and day. So that's all I wanted to add, you know. Well, you know, I, I agree, but I disagree, right? Let me tell you why, why I disagree. Because I cannot allow you, because we've had this conversation. I can't allow you to go back to who you are. I gotta hold you accountable. You know what I mean? You gotta be mindful who who owns these media outlets, who controls them. They're not. They don't want us to have these conversations. They're not gonna allow me to go mainstream. They're gonna do me like they did Bill Cosby. The moment I try to go out here and do something positive to change the narrative, they got to get me out the way. The same way they did yeah. Martin Luther King. The same way they did Malcolm X and all the other brothers that's before me. And not to put myself on that level, but we all have the same mission. Case in point, Bill Cosby, as long as he was putting shows on their network, they can control what he put out. The moment he wants to buy his own network to where they have no control of what he put out, and we know how he got he, he got there. I don't know Bill Cosby, but I know Cliff Huff. You dig? So I know what he will do for the community. I know what he was trying to do for the community. We we can't we they can't allow that. So they had to get out of the way. Anytime. And and they also own and control social media. So you're absolutely right. Anytime somebody's doing something positive, they will not reach the masses. But the moment you see a woman on there twerking, the moment you see Billy's Bugattis and, and rap music that, that that tear us down they're going to get millions and millions of views. But that doesn't mean we stop. I can't give up. I refuse to give up. I know what I'm up against. Well, me being the king that I am, let's fight. Because I can't I can't give up on my people. I refuse to. Great. But what you got? But back to but back to what what the brother was saying. Okay, I, well, I, I wouldn't look at you as giving up, but you can't save everybody. I mean, and, and I don't need you, to save everybody. I just need to save you. somebody. You did, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's what he was saying as far as we have to, because you're going to have knuckleheads. That's any way you go. I can, I can right right now. I can go Rose Park Projects right now. I can go in there and like, hey, hey, brothers, who who wanna 
Who want to make ten dollars an hour? Who want to go on the corner? You know, I can go on the corner right now with them them jokers over there selling drugs at right now. And I was like, man, look, ain't you tired of running from the police? Ain't you tired of getting robbed? Who, who want to make ten dollars an hour? You're gonna have some that's gonna, gonna be like, you know what? I'm tired of this. You're gonna have some like, nah, man, I'm cool. I'm good. Can't save everybody. But like you said, don't mean you, you give up. Save a few. That's it. No, nah, you don't give up. No, nah, you don't give up. But you don't put that out there. Them same brothers that them same them same brothers that didn't want to come with me, they might come with me later. They might Absolutely. come with me the next day. Absolutely. So you don't put it out there. Kind of like to go back to what Pastor was saying. You 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 showing you you show them how you showing them how to be a man. That's it. You you showing them. You lead by example. You lead by example. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's what it is. Now the thing about it is, people don't believe that you are quote unquote successful unless they see you pull up in a Bentley or Bugatti or what have you. Yeah. And then what's what's successful? What is considered successful? What is considered well off? What's considered rich? (laughs) You know. I mean, Rich we know what poor is, is what you right? see on social media. That's 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 what that's that's what they're gonna use as the bar. Because you don't have a, a rap album out or a rap song, you're not pulling mm-hmm. up in the Bugatti. You're not talking about ten, twelve mm-hmm. bricks and all this. You're not successful. However, what they're not realizing is, athletes they answer to somebody. Rappers they answer to somebody. Mm-hmm. So somebody is feeding them their water source. You got to teach them that to be that water source. Yeah. Not to be just a consumer. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, in the sense that, you know, you may not be able to really save everybody, but that doesn't mean you don't continue with the message. Because at the end of the day, even though you may tell a group, someone in the group may not want to step forward in front of everybody because, you know, they may be shamed. But I bet you if they see you later on or see you again, they can be like, hey, I remember what mm-hmm. you said, and it kind of stuck with yeah, exactly. me. Uh, can I get some more information about that? So sometimes yeah. it's about you just taking that first step to just put it out there. All you want is, mm-hmm. hey, this is the opportunity. It's up to you to yep. take it. And I always tell people yep. this. I can't want something for you more than you want it for yourself. All I can do is tell you about it, but you still got to put the effort in if you really want the change. And if you really want it, it's there for you. And I, and going back to what you said, quick, I believe that a lot of the competition and stuff we have in our race, it did stem back from slavery. I mean, you look at the movie Django, if you remember that. Two black men was fighting in front of white people, and then one had to kill the other. And, I mean, it's that kind of competition that we still have today where I think people in higher power make us feel that we have to backbite each other in order to get to the top or to get the top position, to get the higher salary, instead of thinking, hey, this is a big company. Whatever we may work for, there's enough for this pie for both of us to, both of us to really eat. So let's go ahead mm-hmm. and do that. We don't have to fight each other. Let's both do what we need to do, and let's get there together. Or if I get there first, trust me, I got you. I'm going to bring you up with me eventually. 
but it's about yes. changing that mindset and yes. making men feel comfortable to be able to lean on another man or be weak in front of another man saying, hey, I need help with this, and not feel like you're going to be judged or put down. And I believe that's a, a reason why a lot of men may not actually come forward and have an issue or a problem or speak about it because they don't want to look weak in front of nobody. They don't want to look yeah. weak in front and of then, the boys. They don't want to look in front of the girls. And and you breed that. I, I want to kind of stay away and and yeah. and you know try to fight or do what I want to do on my own accord because I don't want nobody to know what I'm going through. I don't want nobody to know I don't know this. Don't know how to do that. And oh, you don't really cool. want to. And you don't really want to ever have that kind of competition. If I think if men can feel like they can come to another man, like you said, quick, and feel like, okay, they got my back. I know this is a safe place where I can come and tell them everything going on, and they ain't going to go nowhere else. They ain't going to talk about me in the hood and say, oh, you know this guy came and told me this, 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 this. It's about having that safe zone. It's almost like Planet Fitness, the no-judgment zone. Be like, can I come to my brother and have a no-judgment zone and just tell you what's going on with me, what I'm going through, and we can both kind of discuss it and we can help each other get help me get to that place I need to get to and maybe when you're down the next time I got your back come talk to me it's going to stay between me and you let's figure out a plan to get you back where you need to be so that you can be the man that you really want to be in front of everybody absolutely absolutely and one more thing I went to a conference about a year ago and they were selling like T-shirts and things like that. And I saw this particular T-shirt that kind of stuck with me. And the vision of the T-shirt was like almost like a wall that you see in the military where they climb up. And there's a guy on top of the wall. And he's leaning down with his arms stretched out trying to pull somebody up. And the message on the shirt said, the only time you look down on a brother is when you're helping him up. Yeah. And I think if we can have that be a monster in mindset, that the only time you're looking down on your brothers when you're trying to help them up and no other reason, I think you can really see a change really start to happen rather than seeing your brother laying there and you just walking by saying, well, I got mine, so you got to figure out a way to get yours. Absolutely. Once again, it's, it's biblical. What type of brother are you if you leave your brother in the same condition that what you found him? He may not want to get up the first time, like you said, but when you come back by, you try again. You keep playing that seed. You come back by and you, you try them again. Now, granted, I'm helping you out. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to travel the same road that I travel. But, hell, as long as you're up and you're traveling, you may not move as fast. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're moving in a, in a positive mm-hmm. direction, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Especially when you travel in that direction and you bring somebody along, somebody who, and, and you may not even be in a position to help, but you can say, you know what, I'm not there yet, but let me put you in touch with this brother here. He may be able to help you a little bit better than I can. Period. I, case in point, I remember a time when everybody in the family would call Mark to fix their computer. Everybody else can do everything else. But when it came to that particular task, they had the resource. They would call him. That's what we got to do. We got to utilize our resources. So we do have resources. We just don't utilize them. 
period. Yep. I, I tell you what, I got a testimony. And, yeah. and it happened to me yesterday. <laughs> it happened to me yesterday. And just by us tonight, this conversation tonight, I know what I have to do tomorrow. Uh-oh. But what happened was, what happened was, it's a guy that's been in and out of prison that I know, I've been knowing him uh, probably over 30 years. Been in and out of prison. And on Facebook, he, uh, he sent, um, sent me a friend request on Facebook. I accepted him. I know he just got out of prison, whatever. And um, he his bio has he, uh, he's been doing IT stuff. Don't know if he's doing it in prison. Have no clue. Don't know. But anyway, at any rate, he sent me a message yesterday, and he said, uh, is there any computer positions at your job? That's what the, brothers, the brother sent to me. Now, with me, I have Stuck my hand out and, and I helped people up, people, and got them into my job, and well, not into my job. I I helped them get a job, and it didn't it didn't pan out. I stick my neck I stuck my neck out because you know I was able to do that. Um, but at any rate, um, I felt some type of way. And when I say I help people, I'm talking about my people. I ain't talking about just white people. Black, you know, I'm talking about my people. You know, I'm just saying my people. And it didn't and it and it panned out for, for some people and some people it didn't. So I felt some type of way. You know, I had that on uh, you know, on my heart the way I was like, you know what, you know, I can't nah man, I'm not gonna stick my neck out. You know, nah, you know. You know, I gotta you know, uh, I know I did this and look what happened. But I say that because like I I said when I first started, I know what I gotta do tomorrow. I'm going to reach back out to the brother, and I am going to give him more information on whatever, you know, he needs to know about it, it, us hiring people, you know, if, we, if we're hiring. You know, matter of fact, I'm going to reach out to him and see what his skills are, you know, and if it fits the criteria of what we're looking for, then, you know, I know people, you know. So don't even that's screen what him. I'm going to do tomorrow. Don't screen him because you you never know. Remember, under pressure, we may not even be able to perform. But, but as long as you have thing. a neck, you stick it's it the out. The thing I don't want him to fail. So I don't I don't want him to it's get not in to there. And it can be a blessing. No, no, it's no. Not up to you. It could be. It, 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 yeah, you're right, Martin Marlon. It could be a blessing, but I can't set him up for failure. So I have to screen him. I have to find out what he knows. Because I don't want him, if I get him out there, and I don't want him to make a fool out of him. I don't want him to lose confidence, to lose faith, you know. So, I, you know, I got to screen him to see what he knows so I can help him. Maybe I can so then what what you teach him what you know, then you know what he knows. That's why you have to screen him. Well, That's why I have to, you know, not, not, not screen him, but I just, you know, hey, okay, send me your resume. Let's see what you know, you know. 
that's you know that's just like that's just like for instance, if I had a buddy that wash that's a uh, kitchen manager, for instance, he's a kitchen manager, and I got my my buddy over here, he's in IT. Okay, his kitchen manager, you know, I can hey I can't bring you in IT, you know, you being a kitchen manager, but hey look, I can get you over here in this restaurant over here. They need a kitchen manager over here, you know. That's why I'm saying I just have to scream him and see where, you know, where he's at. I don't want to set him up for failure. I want to set him up for success because you already know how it is. And it's sad. In our, in our society, you already know how it is as far as a black man in corporate America. You, you, are, you already know. So that's why I have to set the brother up for success. You know, I have to be like, hey, this is what you do. This is what you look for. This is what they're looking for. You know, this who you talk to, you know. So that's why I was like, I have to, <laughs> I got to scream and see, you know, hey, brother, you know, I'll help you out. You know, let's see what you need to know, you know. There you if go. you don't know how to, you know, if you don't know how to do this, you know, okay, this is how you do it. If I know, if what I know, I want to, I want to teach you, I'll show you what I know, you know. There you go. So there you go. Good. Yeah, that's I the, see what you're saying. Right, you know? right there. I know for, for me, I'm a barber. I've been cutting hair all my almost all my life. So mm-hmm. you come in and say you want to cut hair. I'm gonna teach you how to cut hair. I can teach you how to mm-hmm. cut hair. Yeah. All you gotta do is be willing. If you were, if mm-hmm. you was humble enough to come to me and say, "Bro, I need mm-hmm. help," it is my yeah. duty to help you. Mm-hmm. Period. So if I gotta stop and teach you what I know. To get you where mm-hmm. you're trying to get to, that's what it is. Because it could be that test from yeah. God to say, you know, to yeah. put you to that next level. Because my thing is, if this brother, if this brother coming in, you know, under, if they're hiring from my job title, of course, I'm going to hey, this is what you need to know. Oh, I can't get you in right now because I have to teach you this stuff. I'm going to teach you what I know to get you in with me. Saying that's what that's what we we need to do. That's what I'm talking about. That's, I'm that's, that's what that's we what need. To, yeah, that's what we need to do as men, black men. You know, don't hey, gotta help each other out, man. I agree 100. I don't. So that's 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 my testimony, and <laughs> that's what I'll be doing tomorrow, reaching out to the brother. And I actually haven't even talked it. I I I I haven't talked to this guy. And I know in over 30 years. I ain't talked to him. Though. Maybe, no, I'll say about 25 years. I haven't talked to the guy. But I haven't even talked to him. But that yeah. is, I'm going to follow but, up with but you next week. But he reached out to me. Oh, go. yeah, almost definitely. Almost I'm going to follow up. Because, because what? I'm holding you accountable. I want to hear how yeah, they turn out. Yeah, because you know what? I already know that's where my blessings come from. So I, I need that blessing. So that's what, all right, you know, so... I, it's fine. <laughs> That's what I will be doing tomorrow. So Well, I really, I really, really, really glad that all you brothers are on the line because I know you know somebody somewhere. They have reached out to you. They have called out for help for anything. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, oh, no. Just think if God did that to us, where would yep. we be? 
That's all I got to say about that. Yep, that's all I got to say. So, hey, brother, I have enjoyed. <laughs> I have enjoyed talking to you guys. Um, hold on, real quick. I'll hold be on, on the next quick. one. Hold on, <laughs> okay. hold on, hold on. Okay. Before we before we conclude, I gotta go through and make okay. sure that everybody's hearts and minds are clear. Okay. So let's start with my brother Ray. Heart and mind is clear. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ray. Um, you've always followed through. You, you, you know, I call you my twin. You know, I love you like no other. And I thank you for your support. My brother from Detroit. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I, I appreciate you taking my call. Man, listen, we appreciate all you had to add, man. And just know that regardless of whatever your situation is, bro, we ain't going to leave you, man. We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep playing the seed. We're going to keep extending the hand. And if you slap it away 10 times, you may grab on the lesson, bro. We're not going to give up because I can't do this without you. And I know that that's what God wants because I am my brother's keeper. Thank oh, most definitely. My brother Mark, my my oh my my big brother, I am honored to have you on this vine with us, man. Thank you. Um, <laughs> is your heart and mind clear? Heart and mind clear. I learned something tonight. Well, I learned you. something tonight. Good. That's what we aspire to do, man. And to all the family who's listening, uh, by way of my older cousin Loretta, thank you for your support. Uh, and I love y'all dearly. But we're going to conclude with this. Do not continue to let competition be the cancer of our community. It kills us. We have never and we will never win competition. The only thing that we can do to sustain us is to communicate, is to teach, is to love, is to respect, is to unify and to always remember that I am never any better than you. I'm only as weak or as soft or as powerful as you are. So we got to do this together. That's the only way we will be able to do it. So we're about to go ahead and conclude with our prayer. And we're about to go ahead and sign off. This has been very touching. And again, I can't thank y'all enough. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and pray our way out of this. Father God, we thank you for this call. We thank you for um, this topic. We thank you for all the brothers who, who join us. We thank you for everyone who's listening. Lord, we thank you for the charge of helping each other. We thank you for allowing us to remember and remind each other that we are our brother's keepers. So, Lord God, we ask moving forward, we ask that you guide our steps. We ask that you give us the strength to pull our brothers up. We know that we cannot do this without you, and we know we cannot live and move without each other. With that being said, Lord, we ask that brothers humble themselves and grab a hold to the hand that's down. Lord, we know that we cannot single-handedly come back to the major networks 
but you are still God. And as long as you are in the presence, and as long as you are still living, that we will do and reach whoever you need us to. We thank you in advance. We thank you for pastor. We thank you for family. We thank you for friends. We thank you for brothers. We thank you for sisters. We thank you for the examples that you allow us to be to teach younger brothers how men should conduct themselves. We thank you for being allowing us to be examples so that young women know the caliber of men that they should be with. Let us continue to lead by example, Lord, with your strength. In Jesus' name, we pray and we love you. Amen. 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 This is from the streets to the pulpit. We will be back on Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our call number is 929-477-2978. Until then, family, I love y'all. Support each other, unite, take care of each other, and respect each other. Peace. Peace.